podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Temperature of the time. It's freezing. Well, exactly. It's so bizarre because in the summer, you're looking at temperatures which are like 40, 45 yeah, degree yeah, plus. Yeah. And then in the winter, obviously, it's, it's a stark contrast. How does that affect tyres when you're racing? Instead of Spider Pig, it's the Vegas track. It's the Vegas track. Spider Pig, Spider. And it does um, look like it. I did watch <laughs> it about four times. But it really, it really does look like. Look it up. It looks like Spider Pig. <laughs>Welcome to On Track GP. It is Las Vegas week. Las Vegas, baby. I can't believe we're already at Vegas. I feel like we've been speaking about this for about seven months now. Penultimate race of the season. How's that happened? I don't know. This, this, I feel like one minute we were in Australia yeah. and now we're here. It's also a terrible race time. Both both <laughs> suck Horrendous. from an English point of view. Very early, <laughs> early race time. Yeah. Um, what time's the race start? Is it 6, 7 6 a.m.? 6 a.m. UK. Oh. That's pretty rough. But it's Saturday night race in Vegas, which is quite interesting. It's the only Saturday race, apart from the sprints, of the season, mm. which is quite fun. I'm surprised it yeah. didn't start at midnight, though. You know, that would yeah. make a lot more sense. So much more sense. Yeah. But then people would get confused between, wait, is it at, like it? midday <laughs> or like midnight <laughs> yeah. or is it on the Sunday midnight or wait, Friday? I don't... Um, well, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for it. It's a track we've spoken about the entire season. Um, and I mean, honestly, to race up and down that straight in Vegas with all the lights and everything, mm. I mean, surely that's like a dream place to, to race. Yeah, it's a, pretty, it's a pretty cool spectacle. I mean, like I've been to Vegas quite a few times and, you know, I've sat in many bars along that strip and you do look at it and you think, oh, well, now I know there's a Formula One race. I'd be like, okay, that'd be pretty cool to race on. And it's something completely different as well. And you know, it's it's actually nice because the one thing everybody's been talking about with these new circuits is they all look the same. They've got the same type of long corners, tarmac runoffs. And now we've got something completely out of the ordinary, completely different. Um, and yeah, I'm all for it. Let's see how it goes. Mm. Well, something interesting about Vegas is obviously the tyre temperatures. I mean, it's it's hot anyway. I mean, it's, it's desert. Um, but... Uh... The, the some of the sessions are predicted to be below five degrees in terms of the temperature of the tires. It's be freezing. Well, exactly. It's so bizarre because in the summer you're looking at temperatures which are like 40, 45 yeah, degree yeah, plus, yeah. and then in the winter, obviously, it's it's a stark contrast. How does that affect tires when you're racing? Well, I, I don't. To be honest, I mean, the temperatures at the time of night, as you say, are going to be cold, but it's still because it is in the desert. Um, it still gets pretty hot during the day. Uh, and I've been to Vegas at this time of year before, and in the day it's still pretty warm. So the track will actually hold that heat for quite a long time. Obviously, you know, the surface is black, so it holds the heat a lot better. So, but honestly, I really don't think it's going to be that big a problem because they've got tire warmers in Formula One. So they'll just turn the blankets up. And then uh, you can use brakes so effectively because the carbon brakes get up to about a thousand degrees on these cars. Um, they'll just either blank the brakes more, use the brakes more during the warm up, and I, I honestly don't think it would be a problem. Oh, now, why'd you have to burst my balloon, <laughs> I was say cold, You know, cold tires. I thought we were going to have crashes and everything. No, yeah, you're so uh, pragmatic. I was, I was thinking they're, they're going to be sliding all over the place. Yeah. It's going to be madness. Um, I would be more worried about Spa in the rain and the snow than I would be about Vegas. Well, the '98 Spa crashes. Yeah, most famous one. Exactly, exactly. I, I really don't think it would be that big an issue. However. If they had a support race without tire warmers, like F2, F3, something mm. like that, then I'd be very worried. But honestly, when you have a... When you have tire warmers in a car, um, you you come out the pits and you just got grip straight away. As long as you keep the energy in the tire, then you, they'll have no problem. After a safety car, if you'd have drivers on hard tires, that could be really interesting. Now that mm. could be tricky, um, but otherwise I think it'll be fine. Oh, 
it's going to be an interesting Well, one. the straight is 1.9 kilometres long. Is that the longest straight we've has, I think ever had? It has or? to be. I think yeah. it's the longest straight, because Baku's not really straight, is it? No. You know, so the actual straight bit for definitely will be It kind of has a little curve, but it's not yeah. going to be, not, they're not going to be coming off the pedal at all. I found my favourite uh, F1 meme, maybe of the season. What is it? It's Homer Simpson from the Simpsons movie holding Spider-Pig, singing Spider-Pig, <laughs> but instead of Spider-Pig, it's the Vegas track. <laughs> it's the Vegas track. Spider-Pig, spider and it does um, look like it. I did watch it about four times, but it really, it really does look like, look it up, it looks like Spider-Pig. <laughs> I'm going to actually have to look that up. They're really after. good, yeah. Um, Joe, like, what's your general feeling around Vegas this weekend? Are you excited for it because it's Vegas, or are you actually excited to see the track and the race itself? I've been... Sort of saying all season, I think this weekend could be the biggest party weekend of any event of the whole year, not even F1, but of anything. There's so much money uh, going into it. I mean, we could talk in a minute maybe about that. Maybe they've overpriced it a little bit because they, they haven't actually sold all the tickets. But I think the atmosphere of it is going to be amazing. The more that the weeks have uh, ticked along and the more sort of research I've done into it, I'm more concerned about actually what's the race itself going to mm. be like but I went to Abu Dhabi last year and it felt like at Abu Dhabi that the race was a bit of a sort of side event to all the parties and everything that was going on that were there. And I have a feeling that Vegas kind of might be the same. It might be a bit of a who's who, where which hotel are you oh, staying in, where's the massive. party? Yeah. I mean, tickets, like you said, it can't even, it can't sell out because mm. of how extortionately priced everything is. I mean, you're looking at, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands or, or millions yeah, at some point to, to go and stay there, which is a bit of a shame because if, you, if you're a massive F1 fan and this is, you know, one of the first kind of race of its kind in Vegas, you want to go there and you want to experience it. But that kind of takes out literally everyone bar the 1% that could actually afford to do that. Yeah. But just to put it into perspective, how mental some of the costs were, I can't remember, I think it was at Caesars, one of their hospitality packages for five people at the Grand Prix, having the suite, you know, the full works, everything, I think it was $350,000. Now to put that into perspective, if you took that amount of money and you contacted the Ferrari factory team as an amateur driver and said, I want to race one of your official Ferrari factory GT cars for three races, you could do that and have 35 grand spare. <laughs> That's actually mental. <laughs> that is just ridiculous. to put it into perspective. Oh, God. to go and watch a race. Oh, that is just madness, isn't it? But who has? I mean, like, great if you've got it fully. I mean, yeah. I would do it if I had a spare three hundred fifty grand. I don't. Mm. Um, but it's absolutely mental when you just mm. realise how many people that can never actually attain going to watch this sport. I mean, that that was obviously like the full shebang. But, but even, even if it's not the full shebang, if you live here or you live anywhere yeah. else other than, you know, I it's guess Vegas itself, you've got to pay for flights, yeah. you've got to pay for your hotel, which are through the roof. The cheapest tickets. grandstand tickets are still $1,200 even now. Yeah, I that's mean, just that for the ticket. It's mental. Oh, utterly mental. You could just go hungry. Yeah. Go I, do a whole weekend for like 200 euros. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Unbelievable time. Done. There's been like quite a lot of drama as well about um, the lo local people have kind of kicked off because I mean, they've drained fountains, they've boarded up monuments, they've built these huge grandstands. The most famous kind of thing that the video is doing the rounds is uh, boarding up the bridges so that people can't see unless I you pay kind for of a ticket. Oh, well, I actually was going to say from a safety perspective, well, about people standing on the bridge as the cars are coming, I would have actually thought that was the reason, not that they had to pay for the ticket. Yeah. And also, I guess, if people want to try and get around the track and people are blocking the bridges watching, there's, there's a safety issue there as well. So I kind of do understand that. But like... It's months of disruption this has been going on. And that's and they, and they booked the race for 10 years. 
It, this isn't yeah. like, oh, yeah. it's a once in a lifetime thing. This is going to happen every year for 10, for 10 years, years. I, at least. To be honest, I really don't have that much sympathy for them. I really don't. <laughs> I mean, honestly, first things, first things first, when you arrive in Vegas and you talk to any of the locals, the one place none of them go is a strip mm -hmm. because it's the full tourist thing. It's like most places, people in, in London yeah. don't go to Oxford no. Street, you know, unless they're shopping or, or Leicester Square or something like that, unless there's a specific reason. Or passing through. I, exactly. And they all, and also because like every road in every town in the US, Vegas just has a load of square roads all around it. So you can very easily get to the same place, avoiding the strip. And for the amount of money that you could rent your house out on Airbnb oh for goodness, that weekend, wild. Uh, I mean, honestly, I would just go and book myself a flight to the, to the Caribbean for the weekend. Such and a great shout. Still there. make a profit. Such a good shout. Um, one of the funny things that is also going to be in the paddock is apparently the wedding chapel. That infamous, <laughs> famous <laughs> wedding chapel is going to be in the paddock. Carlos um, signs dressed up as Elvis, blessing yes, people and getting them married. It's, it's perfect. It's going to be absolutely bizarre. <laughs> I mean, I think. who would be your ideal priest as an F1 driver? That's oh, a good question. That is, a, that is such a good question. I mean, you know, I've got a soft spot for Carlos signs. Uh, but who's I think Danny Rick Danny Ricardo oh. he, he'd probably do he'd quite a good funny. Elvis impression he'd I mean Yuki's funny. hair is probably the closest to Elvis mm. the great head of hair so. <laughs> who would you, who'd, be your, who'd be your guy so would you, I who's, think as a, pro, as a priest but yeah who's who's marrying you Uh, I probably would like Danny Rick to be mm, fair a bit yeah. of banter It'll yeah, he would lively. Yeah. He'd make it fun. He'd make it fun. I, I think Danny Danny Rick or Yuki I think mm. Yuki just the, the humour of it would be quite great, good yeah, yeah. Defo. Um, there is a Netflix live golf tournament, by the way. Just I'm to, buzzing about this. This is, again, like, I feel like Vegas is very done for Drive to Survive, which I'm sure we're going to see and it's going to look really cool. But it is getting to the point now where everything is kind of looking to be turned into a Netflix documentary. Mm -hmm. Also with Alpine, as we've discussed now, we've got all these people that are brought in, NFL stars, footballers, etc. Mm -hmm. um, so this live golf tournament, the Netflix Cup, will be on the streaming service. It's going to include Carlos Sainz, Lando Norris, Alex Albon and Pierre Gasly. Um, how do you feel about that? Um, I'm not a golf fan at all, to be perfectly honest with you, but I think that is actually something which is quite amusing. Um, I think that it's uh, it's, a, it's a way to make the sport more mainstream, which I think, as we've seen from the impact of Formula One over the last few years, is never really a bad thing. So the golf contingent who might not care about Formula One, it could bring another, another, another group of spectators to the sport. So honestly, anything like this, I, I'm, I'm all for it. If we're making it more mainstream, don't you think that F1 needs to review the price of things then? I, now that I 100% agree with, and um, because it is it is predominantly or historically a very rich upper class sport. I mean, this was the argument with with Bernie when Bernie had before Liberty came in was that Bernie was trying to make it too exclusive and too much of a VIP thing, and the paddocks were empty. There was no fan interaction, and Liberty have come along and they've done all of this stuff, which is creative fan interaction. Okay, well let's now reflect that into the uh, into the ticket prices because they don't need to be as high as they are. I mean, you look at the Premier League and how much the Premier League charge for some football matches oh it's, right? it's extortionate it's it's extortionate uh, and then you look at F Silverstone where they have you know 400,000 people on a day and the cheapest ticket you can get is like 400 quid or something yeah. you can go and see five six Premier League games at most clubs for that but saying that American sports are extraordinarily expensive to go and see as a mm. whole. Um, NFL is really expensive. Yeah, I mean, I um, I went and saw the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden a few years ago, and that cost me $350. And that's just for an ice hockey game, which isn't the biggest sport out there. That's a lot. Yeah, exactly. Steep, so very, it's very kind steep. of a reflection, and it doesn't really surprise me, especially the American races, mm. that they are those prices. Mm. I think the Netflix Cup is actually a pretty savvy move from from netflix because they released full swing this year which was their golf uh documentary the first season of that and a couple of guys that are playing in the netflix cup um 
with a sort of the stars as it were of that that um that series and then we've got drive to survive and so which is also another netflix one and the really interesting thing about this is that they're Netflix are broadcasting live, mm. which I don't know. I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think they've I ever don't think broadcast that's ever anything been done live before. No. Which is kind of really interesting um, and a kind of cool, different twist. And they've got some decent, like, and I know that Carlos plays a lot of golf, Lando plays a lot of golf. Well, it must be that Pierre and Albon yeah, play Albon, a lot of yeah. golf as well. Um, so the quality is going to be like not dreadful, but it is. I think it's going to lean towards a little bit of Mickey Mouse golf. I don't oh, it's going to be too so. serious. I don't think we're yeah. looking at PGA or anything. No, no. <laughs> um, in other news, it is Lando Norris's birthday. Uh, he turns 24 today. I mean, if you'd like to. Happy birthday to you. Just me. <laughs> Happy birthday own. to you. Happy <laughs> birthday, dear Lando. Happy birthday to you. That was really lovely. Thanks very much. <laughs> really, really lovely. Um, I think he'll appreciate it. I, I think he will. Let's <laughs> let's send that to him. Um, slide in the DM. Um, I think we need to discuss how brilliant he's been this season. Um, I think... Obviously, McLaren got off to a rocky start. Boy, did they turn it around. Um, and him and Piastri have both been incredible. But I still think Lando shows that he is still that more dominant driver. Um, and I really feel like he probably should have had a P1 at some point this season. I, I agree. And I, I think that, to be honest, I don't think, you know, I think Oscar's had a brilliant season, first of all, I think, and for uh, as a rookie year. I think we he, forget he's a rookie, actually. Exactly. Because he, that, and that's a, probably the biggest compliment mm. we can pay him. And I think he's had an incredible year. But Lando has just shown himself to be a class act. And um, and honestly, I think that if there is serious question marks over Checo next year, he's probably the, the main contender you Definitely. look at at the minute. Um, like you can't, you know, now that Ricardo's obviously been confirmed straight away in Alpha Tauri. Um, but I think that he's severely underrated and he's definitely got got a world championship material there. Mm. Yeah, I think he's very, yeah, I totally agree. Very special. Um, you know, I like a stat. In the last three races, Lando Norris has scored 59 points. Which is brilliant. And Oscar Piastri's scored four. Well, it doesn't tell the whole story because no. Oscar Piastri's been a bit unlucky. But that that does show, I think, that there's, there's a one-two. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. And I think there was some questions over if always, you know, is Oscar pushing Lando for that number one spot? But I think it's it's still very clear that, um, you know, Lando is absolutely brilliant. I mean, he's had seven podiums this year. Um, that takes driven him for half the season, well, really. Yeah. About it. He's only <laughs> seven podiums. Um, that's, that's a total of 13 in F1. Um, and I think we, we say it kind of week in, week out that I think he'd be a perfect fit with Max at Red yeah. Bull, not to toot my own team's horn. But mm. um, I think they'd be a great partner obviously they've got that friendship as well it'd be good competition for max and as much as i absolutely love max and love seeing him win i think i would like to also see a bit more fight at the top mm. of the table i just want to see proper racing and it'd be interesting to see how max coped if he had someone that is also pushing him for that number mm. one spot as well within the team and the other interesting thing as well is like when when lando started dominating daniel he he always just gets on with his business in a certain way. And I think that will be quite surprising for, for Max. Again, I think Max can deal with anything right now and he's proven that. But it would be a very different way to the way that, you know, I think under media scrutiny and stuff like that, he's behaved very, very well in the past. And so he would just quietly go about his business and we'll just, we'll see, we'll definitely see some competition, whether he could beat Max, that's another that, mm. another question, but it'll definitely be close. Yeah, absolutely. And there's none, none of us think he's going to stay loyal to McLaren. I, That's I think the if the deep red, sigh from both of yeah. you says no. When Checo goes <laughs> at the end of next season, um, assuming that they don't offer him another contract, I don't think it's going to happen. No. I don't think they will offer him another contract. And that seat becomes available. I think 
it would be so hard for Lando to, particularly if assuming that maybe he still doesn't win anything next season, and we know how good he is, a race, I mean, it'd be so hard to turn down that car. Mm. Oh, exactly. So hard to turn down. And at 25 years old, he knows that, you know, even if McLaren come along and offer him a stonking amount of money, that he's in a position where he's 25, and even if he goes to Red Bull and it goes badly, he's still going to be such hot property on the driver market. Mm that he will be able to command ridiculous money in, when he's 30. He doesn't need to worry about that yeah. now. It is the most cursed seat in Red Bull, the number That's two. Number two after, oh, sorry, the cursed seat in F1 is, yeah, is, is driving, driving with Max. Well, it needs, a, it needs a competent driver. I'm not saying that Checo isn't, but it needs someone that is probably young and hungry and also wants to wants to fight at that same level. And I think he is a, not not at the level of Max, but he is someone that definitely has the potential to, to, to challenge Max. And Red Bull have probably learned their lesson by putting the other young drivers that they have yeah. in a bit too early and they've let Lando mature and take the pressure of being a number one and take mm -hmm. the pressure of having to develop a team around him. Yeah, so that point. puts him in a much better place than Gasly and Albon were. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. so very, very um, Right, agree. quickly, we're moving on. Uh, the FIA is right to review. They are set to change the regulations in order to tighten up the process that allows F1 teams to request a right to review. This comes after Haas's recent right of review of the results from the US Grand Prix in Texas. It was rejected by the FIA. Uh, they are now planning on shortening the time teams have for an appeal from 14 days to 14 days um, this will apply to all FIA sanctioned competitions and a fee for doing so will be introduced for the first time course anything to make a bit of dough not always what do you think about that Richard I'm not a fan at all this feels extremely um, I don't know it feels a bit like dare I say it's like being in a police state it feels like you've got no right to complain, no right to review, and every single time that you do complain and they someone finds a loophole in the regulations, they just all of a sudden go, oh, no, we can't do that. Mm. And, of course, then the money thing comes into it, as it always has. In fairness, the money thing's not too bad. I kind of agree with that because the normal way it goes with a protest is because you're going to waste everybody's time potentially, you know, is that you have to pay an extortionate fee but if you win your protest, then you get that fee back. Yeah. Which no I think, win, no, no fee. fee. There you Literally, go, exactly. no win, no fee. <laughs> but it doesn't, I, I really, really don't like this. It leaves a very sour taste that it's kind of, it, it's being run by them and you can't complain against what they decide and, and, and that's it effectively. Um, so I, I hope that, um, I hope that it doesn't get implemented and that somebody within the sport is a bit more outspoken about this because if this, especially if it comes down to categories outside of F1 where, where we don't have as big an influence over the FIA, then um, yeah, I'm really uncomfortable with it. And four days doesn't seem like enough. No, it doesn't. To when review you have, and to go, hold on, oh God, we've got like, you know, yeah. half a, less than half the half, well, half a week to make a decision. So and come on. What, what if you've got three races back to back and then yeah. you've got to travel around the world to get there? How are you going to have the time to be able to look at that and review all the evidence and everything? Yeah, it's a little bit unfair. And if you actually from, look at the harsh thing that they said about Austin, that Haas were actually right. And it kind of reminds you a bit about what some of the stuff that's going on in the Premier League right now. Mm. Uh, with the referees that Haas were right and they acknowledged that Haas were right in their things but they said that they threw it out because Haas had no new evidence that came to the table um, so it doesn't mean the evidence that exists yeah. is redundant exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it just means you don't have enough but you're right on that yeah, yeah. yeah it's just it's just a silly idea but yeah. um, you know who knows I think the FIA are constantly changing things as a, as a fan of motorsport it leaves quite a sour taste mm, I can understand that um, just before we wrap Mercedes um, <laughs> they had an upgrade um, in Texas with the W14 it looked massively improved um Lewis obviously was challenging for the win at that point and ultimately took second in Texas and Mexico. Sao Paulo. Um, and then it started to do this. Didn't look very good, <laughs> did it? No. Um, Toto's actually called the car a horrible car. He said something after Sao Paulo. It was his worst. Uh, um, 
It was his worst weekend in Formula One. Yeah, he said it was a wrong direction in the Even setup. Worse than Abu Dhabi 21. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> it was worse because there was, there was no challenge. We, we all know that this car has just not been the one. It's mm. They've persisted with it. Side pod, no side pod, whatever they, they were doing with the side pod. The whole design just is now redundant. Yeah. So it is. A, it, they're going to have to go back to basics, aren't they? I assume they're already working on that for next year. Yeah, they'll they'll have just done a copy. There's a, there's a clear concept now which is working in Formula One, and they'll just have done a copy and paste of it. The Red Bull. <laughs> the Red yeah, Bull. exactly. And everybody will end up with that concept next year and, mm -hmm. and it'll be the way to go. I think, yeah, they'll just get out of the next two races. Whether it performs in Vegas, who knows, because it is such a unique track. Um, but yeah, just just accept that you fail, basically. Well, Ferrari going to win in Vegas, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll see you as a one-two pole, as yep. usual. One, two. And then within the first corner, yeah. P3 and 4 I think we could qualify well yeah that was my next question <laughs> that was my next question before we wrap up guys um, who are we expecting to have a great weekend or who do you want to see have a great weekend apart in Vegas? from Max <laughs> <laughs> oh I've got some weird feeling in my bones that Checo's going to do really well I think we say this quite often. I, I think I think he's, <laughs> we're often disappointed <laughs> I've been, I have been saying that since sort of late May yeah I I I've got a weird feeling he might even like win it or something. I don't know why. I'd be happy for him if he did. He need he's needed it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't Street think he will. Street circuit, no, bit I of an unknown a, entity. Cars an absolute rocket, obviously. Uh, I just got, I don't know. I just, I mean, he'll probably crash out in lap three or something Check, now, So check out for you. I think, I think, I, I, yeah, let's do it. Why not? Rich? Max is going to win, I think. Obviously. Because, you know. It's the you, obvious you, choice. Yeah, yeah, you'd be wrong Walter to say wet. I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing Leclerc because Leclerc always goes well on these types of circuits. Um, and the Ferrari was, was good in, in places like that early in the season. I also think Williams will be quite good. I saw an interview by Albon this week saying Vegas is going to suit them. And generally, every time he said that, he's been pretty spot on. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how Williams do. Okay, interesting. You? Um, I mean, I can't rule out Max, can I? I think Lando will be up there. I would not be upset at all if Lando got a podium or P1. Where's Checo? What have I done? What have I done? <laughs> I, I'm, I, I actually can't call what happens to Checo anymore because I feel like I've given no. him so much faith, yeah. and then he just does he just does silly just things. Lets you down. So I probably I'm still I'm going P4 Checo yeah. P4. Yeah, it was a bit heartbreaking what happened to him last time out, wasn't it? When he was just like a a fifth of a second Unbelievable off, off of them. Oh, yeah, we haven't even spoken about them. Um, but we will be back later this week, won't we? We'll be back to talk on Thursday to preview everything ahead of Vegas. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Rich. Uh, this is On Track GP, and we'll see you later in the week. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.